Hello, everyone. This is Eric Bradlow, Wharton Marketing Professor and Department Chair and Faculty Co-Director of the Wharton Customer Analytics Initiative. This is another installment of our podcast, the Wharton Customer Analyticast. Here with me today is my colleague, Tom Robertson, former Dean and Wharton Marketing Professor and Director of the Baker Retail Center. Today, we're going to talk about retail, retail analytics, and how they go together. Tom, welcome to the Wharton Analyticast. Thank you. So I got lots and lots of questions for you, but let's start with the beginning. Um, what should companies, from an analytics perspective, what are the kinds of things you think they should be tracking during the holiday season? It has changed. There was a time when it was same store sales, which of course is still relevant. But the whole challenge these days is omni-channel and how you measure total retail sales, total sales coming out of offline and online, and how you attribute um, the sales revenue to different parts of the enterprise, not just the uh, online and offline, but the, uh, the social media that goes along with it, the advertising that goes along with it. So there are a lot of questions these days uh, about what to track and uh, companies are very, very much wrestling with this. Now, this sounds a lot like what we spend a lot of time on at WCI, which is the attribution problem. Like, how do we right. attribute when someone buys? How do we know which form of advertising or media actually drove it? So can you give us a sense? You don't have to name, obviously, specific companies. But what have you seen are kind of the best practices to attributing? You know, if someone searches online, how do they know that they bought in the store? Like, what are the best practices you're seeing out there? The best practice I've heard of is Michael Kors, and they are tracking from Instagram uh, all the way to in-store sales. Um, some of this, I'm sure, is experimental, um, and uh, I'm sure there's still a lot to learn, but I think they have the right ideas about how to go about this. And I, th I think this is the beginning of uh, being able to do this kind of tracking. Um, they do it in conjunction with Facebook, and uh, they do it in conjunction with Google. So I'm sure there's a lot of sophistication uh, in those two camps as well as to how uh, they go about these attributions. Yeah, I would imagine a lot of it has to do with tracking, like how do you actually follow the same individual uh, through whether it's through Instagram, Facebook, Google, and then to the retail store. I know that's one of the challenges in technology, I assume in retail today, same as it would be in you know, standard marketing and advertising. Right. So another question I have has to do with, let's call it uh, holiday sales. So um, have people thought or studied the idea, like, are holiday shoppers valuable shoppers? Like, um, one of the projects we once did at WCI was with the Red Cross, and we studied people's donations. And one of the big challenges was, are people that donate, like when there's a hurricane, do they continue to donate? Do stores think about kind of the, let's call it the channel of acquisition in this case is the holiday, and do those people actually continue back at the store, or do they just take advantage of the discount when there are the discounts, and then they just kind of never really come back? Do stores concern themselves with this as kind of a big issue? No. <laughs> at least they haven't told me they do. No, they must in, in, in some way think about that. Um, holiday, uh, the holiday season is different because there's so much gift giving involved. And it may be different for consumers because I think in many ways, although 
the in-store experience could be pleasurable. In many cases, it's stressful, and there's a sense of urgency that they have to buy certain things for certain members of the family. Um, there's also, at, at this season of the year, a lot more returns that uh, retailers have to deal with. Um, if there's good news, it is more social. Uh, people are more likely to shop with friends or family, and of course that could bring new people into the in-store experience. Um, but again, it's not just about in-store, and it is about how you put it all together, and uh, whether it's uh, uh, click and pick or pick and click or <laughs> whatever it is, it's, it's how, do, how do you put all of this together. And it, it is an evolving situation. At one time, we knew what Amazon represented, but now Amazon is, owns Whole Foods and has gone into uh, the offline. At one time, Walmart was all offline, and has, it has gone into online. Um, so it, it, it's up for grabs. It's a really very exciting time to be in retail and to be thinking about all the data that's available in retail and how underutilized much of it is. We're all familiar with the idea you get data. Is there any information, and can you get knowledge out of it? And I think that's a real challenge for uh, retail at the present time. Let me follow up on that question, because I would think, um, I remember at one point, uh, at, at, through the Wharton Customer Analytics Initiative, we had uh, a speaker come in, one of our leadership speakers, his name was Gary Loveman, former Harvard professor, who became the CEO of Caesars Entertainment. And the way he described it is, you know, the people next to me have a $2 billion building, and I've got a $200 million building, so the only way I can fight them is through data. So can you say why maybe the evolution of data and analytics has been slow in retail, and given the power of the Amazons of the world, it would seem like one way to combat online retail for brick and mortar is to quote unquote fight through data. So why do you why do you think there's been kind of a maybe a slower evolution in retail than there's been in other sectors? Right. Yeah, that's a good question, Eric. Um, and, and I wouldn't want to be uh, criticizing retailers. Um, it may very, may very well be that some of them are pretty sophisticated uh, with their data. But I, I think they have been slow and um, um, of course, Amazon is, is, and Google and a number of others are teaching everyone a lesson. Um, and, and, and retailers worry a lot about Amazon because uh, Amazon has developed a lot of capability and, and algorithms to uh, understand what people are buying and what they might buy next and at what prices and so forth. Um, I, it's a good question. I don't know why retailers have been slow because the data has been there. Um, they maybe had other issues on their mind. And, and it may be that they had other strategies involved. If I take a, a large company, I'm not going to mention names of particular yeah. companies, but let's think of a company that their whole strategy was acquisition. And they went from a limited number of stores to having um, hundreds of stores. And so they were so focused over the last 10, 20 years on mergers and acquisitions, and they became very, very good at it. But that took all of their time, all of the time of senior management, and they didn't really, really spend a lot of time on the data analytics side of it, but now they are spending time on it. I was at a, a Goldman Sachs investor conference uh, recently, and the retailers are presenting, and believe me, they are now getting interested in data analytics and uh, worried about the Amazons of the world 
uh, and, and how sophisticated they are. Maybe just as one last question for you, um, as you think about the future of both retail and analytics and um, how stores are going to kind of retail outlets are going to evolve in the future. You know, we read about, we've all read about Amazon Go, the store of the future where everything is going to be in some sense tracked in that store. And so you don't even have to check out. You just walk in, pick up what you want and walk out. Is that the future of you know, brick and mortar, does brick and mortar essentially um, become like online and everything gets tracked, or is that kind of a way off future? Is that just a dream? Well, I don't know how far off it is, but yes, that is a viable future. Uh, it's a very reasonable future, I would think. I think a lot has to change. The United States, as you know, is way overstored and overmauled. Uh, we have six times the uh, per capita retail space of the United Kingdom. Now, to some extent, we're a more dispersed population, so you know maybe maybe it should only be four times or three times, but it shouldn't be six times. But technology is huge, and I think retail has the ability to do better forecasting um, with augmented reality, uh, in-store uh, experience, and and also the ability to do personalization. Uh, as people walk into a store these days, they're walking in with their uh, with their mobile devices. Absolutely. And um, the stores now have the ability to know who's there and what they're looking at and uh, to be able to offer um, uh, customized uh, incentives of one kind or another. I, I just was told about this online where a couple of people have told me that they were about to buy something but they put it in their cart and when they came back to it later when they came back to their cart, there was now an extra discount that was being offered to try to close the sale. And so that's, that's really using data. Now, we, we would like the, uh, the uh, offline retailers to be able to do that as well. And, and I think that, that has to come. Uh, smart no carts are coming. It. So if yeah. it's a smart cart, the smart cart can see how long it's been sitting there. It could possibly even say it's been stationary right. for a while. So there's probably an opportunity. I think so. Absolutely. Well, Tom, I'd like to thank you for joining today's Wharton Customer Analyticast. This has been a joint Analyticast between the Wharton Customer Analytics Initiative and the Baker Retailing Center. So, Tom, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you, Eric.